the pure in heart. It's a highway to heaven, walking up the King's highway. Oh, if you're not walking, start while I'm talking, walking up the King's highway. to walk with that kind of music. They're like running, dancing, shouting up the King's Highway. Praise the Lord. Amen. It's so wonderful. I just feel right at home here with you all, and I just appreciate the goodness of the Lord. I I couldn't stay in the bullpen any longer. I had to come charging out. Praise the Lord. So God bless you. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Amen. So we just feel right at home in His presence this evening. And just going to invite you to go right into your Bibles, and we'll read from Colossians chapter 3. You know, I, I've got a reputation for being a long-winded preacher, 
And uh, as hard as I try, Brother, Brother Samuel, I just can't seem to outlive that or do that down. But uh, And I blame the people for pulling. They pulled it right out of me. But uh, And I, t- I joke with some of the uh, other ministers, friends of mine. I say, you know, I hate to shortchange people. They've come all that way. And, you know, it's uh, so I hope you don't feel shortchanged. <laughs> but I guess the, the, the mind can only contain as much as the seat can sustain. So uh, some churches don't have enough padding on the pews for preachers like me. But um, anyway, when the Lord is speaking and moving and, and having his way, it, time passes very quickly. And we just want the Lord to have his way. I want to preach this evening on three kinds of Christians. And I know Brother Radham preached about the make-believer, the unbeliever, and the true believer. But I'm going to go a little different direction. And let's, uh, just before we read in the scriptures, let's approach the author of the word again. Heavenly Father... Lord, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Lord, as the words of that song were sung, Lord, all my life, Lord, you've been faithful, you've been merciful. And Lord, we just, we can't help but love you and thank you, Father, for all that you are to us. And as we approach your word this evening, we ask you again, Lord, to come in our midst and break the bread of life to our hearts. Lord, make the words come off of these pages and live in our lives and just have your way in our midst this evening. Be glorified in our midst. We thank you for it and ask it in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 We'll read Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17, and then jump down to verse 23. Put on, therefore, now we don't want to be put-ons, but the Bible says, put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, and hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Verse 23 says, And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily, as unto the Lord, and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. For he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done, and there is no respect of persons. Also in Jude chapter 1, I'm going to read um, beginning at verse number 20. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and ever. Amen. May the Lord bless the reading of his word as you're seated. I want to just 
take a simple thought tonight, real, real basic message, but three kinds of Christians. And the first uh, kind of Christian I'm going to describe to you is, is what I would call a casual Christian or a, a Laodicean Christian. You know, the, the, the thing about the Laodicean age, it was, it was defined as a lukewarm age, neither hot nor cold. And I, I find it seems like there's a spirit that is prevalent in the world today that says, you know, you just need to blend in. You, you know, you just don't don't be on the extreme. You know, just uh, if, if you've got a conviction, if you've got something, you know, just kind of keep that to yourself and don't rock the boat. Don't make any waves, you know. And so that uh, that prevailing spirit in the world tends to want to creep into the Christian church as well. You know, I know we um, some years ago we lived on a, a nice property. We did not own it, but um, it was about 60 or so acres of land. And we had a little portion of that with our mobile home on it. I'd get out there and mow the grass. And all around that property was was uh, woods or a little forest and a pond and all these nice things. But I, Brother Bob, I noticed every time I mowed the grass, I had to go over a few inches and push back the weeds and the briars and all the other things that every day was trying to creep into that lawn and take that lawn away from me. And I think that is how we have to do as Christians. You know, we have to always be on the offensive. Otherwise, the devil's just going to crowd in day by day, little by little. And he's going to push us into a corner where we don't have anything. Amen. And, and he's overtaken what is rightfully ours. And so we, we have to be conscious of, of how the devil works. And then we have to be willing to stand out, to be set apart. Amen. And, and I'll, I'll tell you this. That's really what the world is longing for and looking for. When you go to school or you're at work and you're out in the world, you know, you think, well, you know, I just need to keep this to myself. I don't, I don't need to be so different or, or, or so stand out so much. But I want to tell you, your, your friends at school, you know, they would love to have parents that love them as much as your parents love you. Your parents have curfews. They have expectations. They love you and they want to protect you and keep you from the harms of the world. And your friends at school make, may make fun of you because of how strict and how disciplined and all those things you are. But the truth of the matter is, inside, they would love to have parents that thought enough of them and cared enough for them to want to shelter them from the things of the world. So, you know, they, they may make fun of you and poke fun of you and make you feel despised or belittled. But really, what, what they're looking for is to have that same thing in their lives. So if you can be unashamed and unafraid to share your testimony and let your light shine before them, it's, you, you know, you're going to stand apart from their otherworldly friends who are just like them. And they're going to come to you one day and they're going to want to know what this reality is that makes you, glit, makes you glow instead of glitter. They're going to know there's something about you that has a power, that has a radiance, that has a warmth. But you've got to be willing to let that shine through you. Or otherwise, you know, the devil, he can't destroy you. You're God's. You're God's property. But what he can do is marginalize you. He can try to make you, you know, just compress into his little box and silence your voice and, 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 and mute you as a Christian. 
Amen. But the Holy Spirit is here to give us a voice, to give us liberty, amen, to make us comfortable in who we are as sons and daughters of God. But the prophet of God says this in the breach. He said, a woman just called up another woman, said, you know, I'm Episcopalian. Said, I spoke in tongues the other day. I believe I received the Holy Ghost. But shh, don't tell nobody. The prophet of God said, I doubt that very much. You might have spoken in tongues, but you set a man on fire. How is he going to sit still? Amen. That's right. You can't do it. Can you imagine Peter, James, and John and them in the upper room saying, Oh, we got the Holy Ghost now. and Maybe we better just keep still. Brother, through windows and doors and everything, they went out into the street acting like a bunch of drunks. That's the real Holy Ghost. Amen. And I tell you what. You know, years ago, I, I heard a brother and he said, you know, the Holy Ghost doesn't come the way it used to. We don't receive the Holy Ghost the way they did on the day of Pentecost and in the book of Acts. And I thought, brother, if you ever get the Holy Ghost I got, you'll know it comes the same way and it does the same things. Everybody might not speak in tongues. Everybody might not shout or dance in the spirit. But when the power of God grips your life, you and everybody around you is going to know you got a hold of something and something got a hold of you. And it's Jesus Christ living himself. Amen. It's not you acting. It's not you replicating. It's not you trying to imitate something. It's the very life of God channeled through you. Amen. As an expression of his life. Amen. And it's a, it's a life-changing power. But you know, the, the, the casual Christian doesn't want to make a scene. Doesn't stand out. He just tries to blend in with the crowd. You know, I'm not picking on anybody. I, I don't know most of you. But you know, I'm, and I was young once too. And I had young friends and believers. And you know, they'd, they'd be out in public somewhere. And they'd pray and... You know, instead of just bowing their heads and really praying where everybody knew they was praying, they just kind of close their eyes and wipe their brow like their eye was itching. See, you need some more courage. You need to be bold in your faith. Now, me on the other hand, and again, I'm not exalting myself, but I would go. I remember one time when I was about 16 or 17, I was just getting old enough to go out and, 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 and uh, fellowship or congregate with some of the young people. And of all places, we went to a Rockola Cafe. Y'all know what a Rockola, or some of you, and, and, and if, if you don't know, great. And if you do know, you don't have to pretend like you don't. But, <laughs> but we, were, we were here at a Rockola, Brother Seth. And of all things, I asked him to turn the music down. Because, you know, we was trying to fellowship and they, they a rock hole is based around rock and roll music. So they're blaring and, and, and one young sister said, my, amen, the gall to go into a rock hole and ask him to turn the music down. But, you know, I, it's just who I was. I was like, well, the music's really loud. I can't hear. I can't enjoy the fellowship. Amen. But it's okay to stand up for what you believe. It's okay to speak out. Amen. It's okay to be different. Amen. Because you are different. We are pilgrims and strangers sojourning here in this world. Even when Israel was, was uh, leaving Egypt and on their way through all of those lands and those peoples they passed through. Amen. I, I just say it like this. God told them, you are passing through on your way to. 
None of those places are your destination. None of those peoples are yours. Amen. You're just journeying through that on your way to somewhere where you belong. So it's okay to stand out. It's okay to be differentiated because you came from a different place and you're going to a different place. I've said this, you can all, you can go through an airport and you can tell a lot about where people come from or where they're going by the way they're dressed. And there's a reason we dress different. There's a reason we act different. There's a reason we are different because we come from somewhere and we go in somewhere and the way we act and look, amen, says something about where we came from and where we're going. Amen. Amen. I'm in the heating and air conditioning business. Just recently, I moved back into the sales world. But, you know, you, you use natural types to represent spiritual things. And I say this. God has not called us to be thermometers. Thermometers only react to what's going around them and tell you what the temperature is. God has not called us to be thermometers. God has called us. To be thermostats. Amen. Because a thermostat knows what the temperature is. But it's connected to a source of energy that has the power to make a difference. Amen. So you can put a thermometer, amen, in a cold room and it just gets cold. But if you put a thermostat in the cold room, it's connected to a source of heat and it detects what's going on and says, we need to make a change about what's going on right here. And we need to channel this power, amen, to warm the atmosphere. And a true Christian, amen, can walk into a heated situation and cool it down. Amen. You can take control because you are connected to an omnipotent force. Hallelujah. And you are the connection between that atmosphere and a heavenly atmosphere. Oh, I feel like preaching now. You can come into a cold church service and say, it sounds like things need to warm up a little bit around here. I'm going to clap my hands. I'm going to lift my voice. Amen. I'm going to praise my God and I'm going to warm the room up so God can have his way. Amen. We're not here to blend in. I'm thinking about three Hebrew children. Amen. They got cast into a fiery furnace one day. Amen. They said, we're not going to bend. We're not going to bow. And as the world found out, they wouldn't burn either. Amen. Why? Because they were connected. Amen. To the God of the prophet. And they said, we're not going to bow to an image that some man made of him. Amen. We know the prophet and we know his God and we refuse to bow. And the prophet of God said, when those boys entered that fiery furnace, Wormwood stepped up and said, God, I'll go. Gabriel stepped up and said, God, I'll go. And God said, no, you won't. Those boys didn't stand there for you. They stood there on earth for me. And now I'm going to go stand with them. They were unaffected by the fire. All the fire did was loose their bands and express God's glory. Even the king had to testify. Didn't we throw three in there? Because one has joined himself to them and he has the form. The fourth man is likened to the son of God. Hallelujah. I don't want to be a casual Christian tonight. The second kind of Christian is a costume Christian. We all know what a costume is. Some people wear those at Halloween. They've been hanging something up in the closet all year. 
And they put on on Halloween and they come out looking like a skeleton or come out looking like a former president or some Hollywood star or some movie star. You know, and they dress up and in appearance they take on another person's identity. And, you know, we think about that and say, you know, that's that's a satanic holiday. Really? Amen. But people do the same thing on Sundays and Wednesdays. They go into the closet and they pull out a costume of Christianity and they put it on and they drive to church, amen, and they show up and look and act like a Christian, like a message believer. Oh, and there's not a, there's not a spot on their garment. It's in pristine condition because it's rarely worn. Amen. Amen. And they appear perfect and spotless and without blemish. Oh, my. Amen. They've never made a mistake in their life. But if they make it home, amen, without cutting somebody off in traffic or doing some ungodly deed, amen, they put that Christian costume back in the closet. And on Monday morning, they're just as worldly as their co-workers or their classmates or their unbelieving family, amen. Why? Because Christianity to them is not a reality. It's something they put on to give others a false impression of who they are. I don't want to be a costume Christian. Achan was a costume Christian. He kept a golden wedge and a Babylonian garment stashed away in the closet. And I don't know why, and I'll probably never get the chance to ask him why. But the only thing I can imagine was he had a backup plan. Just in case the God of Israel ever failed to make good on his promises, Achan could costume himself as a Babylonian. And escape the tyranny and the death and the persecution or whatever those enemy nations were trying to afflict on Israel. Achan had a backup plan. He had a costume that he could put on to be identified as a Babylonian instead of a Christian. But you know what? His costume religion was costing people their lives. His costume Christianity was causing issues in the church. And men were losing their lives as a result of this man's hypocrisy. Until Joshua one day said, this ain't right. This is something has gone wrong in the camp. And the Holy Spirit began to discern and Achan was exposed as the costume Christian. Who the God of Israel, Jehovah, had never become a reality to him. And he died as a result of his unbelief. I don't want to be a costume Christian. This is the deadliest variety of a Christian there is. It's someone who is putting on a front of Christianity just to impress others. Ahab was a costume Christian. Do you remember Ahab when they were going into battle? And I, I forget to who the other king was. But I guess it was Jehoshaphat. He told Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat, you dress up like the king of Israel. And Ahab put on a costume. He disguised himself. You read about it in 1 Kings chapter 22. Ahab disguised himself because he was trying to escape the inevitable result of prophecy 
that he would die and the dogs would lick his blood. So he set up this scheme and he was propping up Jehoshaphat because he knew the enemy was coming against them. And as kings, they would be a target. So he was going to let Jehoshaphat go out there with all the kingly garments of an, an Israelite king while Ahab himself would disguise himself. But brother and sister, you can't hide from prophecy. It's going to get you. And one of those uh, enemy uh, archers, amen, recognized there's Ahab. And the arrow of prophecy smote him between the shoulders. And he died in his costume. Amen. Prophecy is going to be fulfilled. No matter how well the devil tries to disguise himself. Amen. But let me read about yet a third variety of Christian. Turn with me to Acts chapter 5, verse 17. Acts 5, verse 17. Then the high priest rose up and all that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation. And laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest came and they that were with him and called the council together and all the senate of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came and found them not in the prison, they returned and told, saying, The prison truly found we shut with all safety and the keepers standing without before the doors. But when we had opened, we found no man within. Now, when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these things, they doubted of them whereunto this would grow. Then came and told them, then came one of them and told them, saying, Behold, behold, the men whom ye put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then went the captain with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people lest they should have been stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council and the high priest and asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you that ye should not teach in this name? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We're sorry. We're going to retract our statements and and issue an apology. We'll even put it in the local paper or on the websites. Uh Uh-uh. The third variety of Christian I'm going to talk to you about is not a casual Christian, is not a costume Christian, but they are a contagious Christian. They are more contagious than COVID. Or any other virus, anything that Satan has ever put on the earth to try to replicate 
the thing he fears the most is the contagious Christian. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on the tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey him. When they heard that, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay them. Then stood there up one in the council of Pharisee named Gamaliel, a doctor of the law, had in reputation among all the people and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space and said unto them, ye men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what ye intend to do as touching these men. For before these days rose up Thutius, uh, Theodos boasting himself to be somebody to whom a number of men, about 400 joined themselves who was slain and all as many, uh, as obeyed him were scattered and brought to naught. And after this man rose up Judas of Galilee in the days of the taxing and drew away much people after him. He also perished and all, even as many obeyed as obeyed him were dispersed. And now I say unto you, refrain from these men. These are contagious. Christians refrain from these men and let them alone for if this counsel or this working be of men, it will come to naught. But if it be of God, ye cannot overthrow it. Lest happily ye be found even to fight against God. I had a neighbor lady one time when I growing up, she had a little fire just over, uh, she, they lived in a little brick home with a, a, a nice yard and some, um, I think they had some black walnut or pecan trees out in front of it. Then there was a driveway and then there was a broom sage field. So she went right across the driveway, just over in the edge of that broom sage field. And she was just burning some, some trash, some paper there. And a wind came up, a wind came up. And the next thing you know, that fire just began to spread beyond the boundaries of what she had intended for that fire to be. And little Miss Willie Nelson, I believe was her name. And little Miss Nelson was standing out there and had a little stick in her hand. And, you know, she stood there and she tried to stomp that fire out. Which, if any of you have ever experienced this, understand, trying to stomp that fire out is the single worst thing you can do. Because all she did every time she stomped was spread those sparks a little farther. Every time she stepped and every time she stomped, she just spread the fire a little farther. Next thing you know, she realized she had something on her hands that she could not contain. And by the time she got the phone picked up and the fire department, which was hardly a mile down the road, the whole field was on fire and was threatening to set the next set of trees, the next set of woods on fire. I want to say that's what happened on the day of Pentecost. Every time the devil tried to stamp him out, he just spread the fire a little farther. Amen. Amen. You would think the dumb devil would eventually learn everything he does to attack the move of God only spreads the move of God. But when you 
become a contagious Christian, amen, everything that Satan does to try to silence you only spreads the voice a little bit farther. Amen. So I say stand up, speak up, amen. Don't be ashamed to let God use you and to let your life be the very expression of His in this world today. Amen. Being a contagious Christian. In the Patmos vision, Brother Benham is talking about the vision that John saw of the seven golden lampstands with Christ in the midst. And he said he turned, uh, he said, what is the candlestick? It's a lampstand. I'm, I'm paraphrasing some of this just to get the essence. Notice how beautiful when he turned, he saw this one like the son of man here standing in the midst. See, he saw in those lampstands the same one that the Babylonian king saw in the midst of the fire furnace. God was right there, amen, in the midst of his church, amen, just like he told Saul. Why persecutest thou me? He was in the midst of that group that Saul was trying to stamp out. And all Saul was doing was spreading the effect of it to the extent where he became a part of it. If you can't beat him, join him, right? Amen. Oh, my. One like the Son of Man standing here in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. Which means seven church ages to come. Each pipe or lampstand hooked into the big main oil censer. This oil came up forth through a little odd shaped lamp that sat with the wick in it. And the wick hung down into the oil. They poured oil into the top of the stand which filled up the big main stem. And the big branch and it run out the stems like this. And the lamp with the wick hanging down this pipe kept burning day and night. You never had to light it. It never went out. And they just kept pouring oil in the main pipe. These lampstands that come out like this had the lamp sitting on top of them. The wick from the lamp run down got its life, got its life out of here. Oh, what difference it is from a candle. It's a lampstand. See, a candle's just made of wax and once it burns down, that's it. But a lampstand is a wick dipped in an ever-renewing supply of oil. So it just keeps on burning, keeps on giving light because one keeps refilling the source that is creating the light. Now, these lampstands, the fire that was on these lampstands in the Old Testament, when they lit one lamp, they could not light the next lamp with the same fire they had in their hand. They lit one lamp, then picked it up and lit the other lamp and then set it down and lit this lamp and took Light and lit this lamp with the same fire they had at the beginning. Oh, I hope it don't go over your head. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same fire, the Holy Ghost, lit every one of those churches right down through the ages. These lampstands all fit into one great big bowl, one great big holder. And seven different lamp holders come out of it. And when they did, each one of those lights was drawing from the main resource of its life. And its light was because it had its candle dipped into this main barrel. Oh, what a beautiful picture of those seven stars. It represented that with his life on fire with the Holy Ghost here. By faith, he's a burning with the Holy Ghost and his life is a candle or not a candle, but a wick that's dipped into the Holy Spirit into Christ. And through that wick, he's drawing the life of God out to give light to his church. Oh, what a picture of the true believer. See, he's not just putting the emphasis on the messenger. He's saying this typifies 
the believer. What kind of a light he's giving? The same kind of light that was when the first candle was lit. Let me just uh, move down for sake of time. Notice they are drawing from this main barrel of oil. The life is dipped into Christ. You are dead and your life is hid in Christ or hid in God through Christ and sealed by the Holy Spirit. There's no way at all to ever get you away from here. How can you do it? Nobody can tamper with you. The end of your life is burning with the Holy Ghost, burning, giving light. Where's the other end of your life dipped into Christ? You are dead and hidden in Christ. The Holy Ghost is blocking it off there that the devil can't touch you. The devil can't touch you. He can whiz and make a noise. Even death itself can't touch you. Amen. I, I'm, I, am, I won't be too much longer. But let me read 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3. You know, sometimes we think the real Christians, the ones really setting the fields on fire are the, uh, the, the pastors and the evangelists and the missionaries. And, you know, they go out and they take the gospel and the reports come in and uh, souls are added to the church. But, but, but that should be contrasted with the individual. Amen. The individual. Never underestimate God's power to use you Amen. as a witness. Amen. When Naaman was healed of leprosy, it was the result of one little girl's testimony. One little girl said, there's a prophet. There's a prophet. And you, he can be healed. You, you can be healed. One little girl's testimony transformed amen, a man of great esteem in Syria at the time. So here, amen, I, I just want you to say, I want you to understand, don't underestimate your witness. The, 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 the power of God to use you, amen, to turn, uh, turn the world upside down. Amen. amen. Turn your family, turn your community, turn your school, turn your workplace. If you can be a yielded vessel, God can use you right here, right now, amen, to turn Satan's kingdom on its head. He says here in, in 1 Peter chapter 3, Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands. You know, it's awful to see a wife who listens to everybody else's husband but her own. Or see a man who's interested in everybody else's affairs but his own. But I'm sorry, that was free. But he says, likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands. That if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be one by the conversation of the wives. This word conversation is dealing with your conduct, your manner of life. Even when you say nothing, your life is speaking things that are having a compelling effect. Amen. On that husband or wife that's an unbeliever. Amen. Yet the life of Christ through you. Amen. Is, is, is reaching out to bring that companion into Christ. 
While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plating the hair and of wearing of gold. See, that's a costume, Christian. They look the part. They make great televangelists. But the world sees that veneer and says, if that's Christianity, I want nothing to do with it. But what wins the sinner is the reality of Christ's life lived through you. And they say, that's different than anything I've ever seen on television. I want to know where you got that and where I can receive it. Whose adorning let it not be the outward adorning of plating of the hair, of wearing of gold, or of putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands. Amen. You know, Brother Branham told the story about the, 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 the sister whose husband would go out and carouse and hang out with his buddies at the bar. And the, the conversation came up one night and said, there's no real Christians anymore in the world. And that man there at the bar with his buddy said, oh, yes, there is one. My wife is a real Christian. They gathered his buddies up. They left the bar, went to the man's home and you know, crashed in through the door there, making a big scene, making a big ruckus, and demanded that she get up and make them some bacon and eggs and threw it on the floor. You know the story. And instead of the woman reviling in anger, or putting the man in his place for his friends, she just went back to the stove, Amen. broke some new eggs in the pan. Must Jesus bear the cross alone? Yeah. And all the world go free. No, there's a cross for everyone. And there's a cross for me. She was just living that life. She wasn't trying to conquer. She wasn't trying to compel. She was just letting her little light shine. And her life, her witness for Christ, amen, brought conviction down into that cabin, amen. And that man and his buddy saw a real Christian in action. Brother and sister, that's a contagious Christian. Amen. Amen. That's the kind of Christianity. Amen. It's contagious. It spreads like fire from one to another. It makes others want what you have found. Amen. Paul and Silas were contagious Christians. They threw them in prison one night. And instead of them sitting in the corner of that cell feeling sorry for themselves, they began singing praises to the Lord. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. Jesus said, count it all joy. Amen. They weren't putting something on hoping God would react. They were just doing what they always did. They were praising God. And brother, it made God so pleased, amen, that he began tapping his foot. 
And like Brother Branham said, heaven is his throne and earth is his footstool, Brother Bob. And when God began patting his foot, I believe he told the angels, hey, amen, take it down a few notches. I'm getting a higher praise. You angels don't know how to worship me like this. But those on earth who are the redeemed sons and daughters of God, who were bought out of Satan's pawn shop, amen, and redeemed and filled with my spirit, when they begin to worship me, it gets my attention. Amen. It brings a reaction. They compelled God. Hallelujah. And began tapping his foot. And when he began tapping his foot, the earth began to shake. The earth began to tremble. The walls of a prison that was designed to captivate Christians, amen, shook to the ground. Hallelujah. God came on the scene to vindicate the testimony of his sons. Brother, they stood there. They weren't looking for a release, but God gave them a release. And God didn't just shake the walls of the prison down. He didn't just break the bars. But a Philippian jailer said, what must I do to be saved? I want the God that you serve. Amen. I served a God of bondage long enough. I want a God that gives liberty. I want to tell you, if you want that kind of God tonight, you can have that kind of God. If you want the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you can have it. You can have your healing. You can have salvation. You can have your joy, your liberty restored. Amen. God's presence breaks the prison bars apart. Amen. The Holy Ghost is the cure for the common Christian. It makes you very uncommon. It makes you stand out. It makes you stand apart. It makes you fast. It makes you pray. It'll make you shout. It'll make you sing. Amen. It'll make you glow with the radius of the gospel that tells the world, that's a different man. That's a different woman. Something got a hold of them. Amen. If you've ever seen a dandelion, it's, it's considered to be a weed. You know, these people that have these southern homes and gardens, lawns, and they get blue ribbons for their lawn, they don't want to see a dandelion because it's considered to be a weed. <sighs> Amen. But you know, you go along, you think, oh my, you're on your mower. You know, if you're an evangelist, you, you, you drive a conventional mower. If you're a pastor, you got a zero turn. I'm just kidding, folks. <laughs> I'm not pleading for an offering. (laughs) That's just a joke. (laughs) Hey, if you preach like me, you push (laughs) mow. But you're going along your mow and you see that dandelion. Oh, my. I got to get that little fella out of my yard. Well, brother, running over him with a mower is the worst thing you can do. Because that little bulb, amen, has got about a thousand little dandelions attached to the core. And about the moment you head over that thing with that 42-inch deck, you got about a thousand dandelions waiting to sprout. And that's exactly what happened on Calvary. Amen. Satan saw a flower there and he said, I'll mow him down. But all he did was spread that life. And 120 come out of the upper room. And Satan said, I'll mow him down. And God said, no, you won't. Every time you step it, every time you stole it, they just spread farther and farther. Let your life so shine before men that others may see God and glorify God the Father through his life living through you. Let's go out of here tonight and be contagious Christians. Let your light shine. Don't be ashamed of who you are and what you believe. Let it be a power that influences others. Amen. You love the Lord this evening.
Amen. Ain't God good? Ain't God good? He gives us so many blessings undeserved. Let's stand. That's what we are. We ought to thank Him. Love and praise Him a little more today and a whole lot more tomorrow. Ain't God good? He gives us so many blessings undeserving. That's what we are. We ought to thank Him, love and praise Him a little more today and a whole lot more tomorrow. Oh, ain't God good, good, good. Gives us so many blessings undeserving. That's what we are. We ought to thank Him, oh, love and praise Him a little more today and a whole lot more tomorrow. Give the Lord a hand this evening. Hallelujah. Give us a key there, maybe G, sister. Amen. Key of G. Amen. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. Oh, I'm so glad I can say I'm one of them. Oh, I'm one of them. Hallelujah. I'm one of them. So glad I can say I'm one of them. There are people almost everywhere whose hearts are all aflame with the fire that fell at Pentecost, which cleansed and made them clean. It is burning now within my heart. All glory to His name. I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. I'm one of
this evening. Don't you love the Lord? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. There was Saul on the road to Damascus one day persecuting the church. And the pillar of fire met him and said, hey, Saul, I'm one of them. Amen. I'm not just a picture on the wall. Amen. I live and reside in that church. And Saul said, I think I'll become one of them myself. Contagious Christian. Praise God. Set, I think it was one of the reformers said, set yourself on fire and the whole world will come to watch you burn. Amen. It's all right to be a spectacle. You don't have to make yourself an oddball. You'll be odd enough. But let the Lord live through you. Amen. It'll change everything around you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Be the difference. Be the difference you're desiring. Let God get a hold of you. Everything around you will change. Oh, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, my. Sing something in worship, brother, and I'll turn the service over. God is so good. God is so So and I love him so. Jesus, oh, he's coming soon, oh, he's, he's coming soon, he's so good You know, I love that little story that the prophet of God tells about the rancher who went out west to find a wife. All those girls danced and shot their guns and put on this big display. He went out on the back porch and met a little girl and revealed to her his purpose for being there. And he said, I find in you what I came for. What I don't see in any of the others, I see in you. And what he said to her set her in motion to prepare for his return the others danced the others flirted the others had time with him but she got a promise that kept her up really late at night stitching that wedding garment and getting her trunk packed up for his return They were all blessed by his visitation, but one got a promise of his return. Hallelujah. He's coming back 
for me. And it didn't matter what the others thought about her or said about her. It didn't matter. She still went right on doing her deeds as a wash girl. But she spent her evenings and nights getting ready to leave. Her actions proved his visit meant something to her that it didn't for all the others. Oh, my. Praise God. This message means something to us that it doesn't mean to the others. They were blessed by it. Their churches were filled by it. Their ministries prospered by it. But we got a promise. The one who brought us the message is coming back to take us home. Amen. Key of F, if you will. I'm sorry to do all the singing, brother. I am watching for the coming of the glad millennial day. When our blessed Lord shall come and catch his waiting bride away. Oh, my heart is filled with rapture as I labor, watch and pray. For our Savior to come back to earth again. Oh, our Lord is coming back to earth again. Yes, our Lord is coming back to earth again. Satan will be back a thousand years. We'll have no tempter day. After Jesus shall come back, earth again. Bless you for the Bible. Love you, brother. Appreciate you, sir. Back will be the answer to earth's sorry Fortified, edified, and strengthened. 
just appreciate the, our brother for pouring his heart out to us and thank the Lord for, for giving us this message today. It's, it's what a blessing it is to be a contagious Christian, to be able to preach a sermon everywhere you go. And, uh, you know, I say if, if it is contagious, so if you got thirsty this afternoon, don't leave here without quenching that thirst. I, you think about the, uh, Jesus talking to the woman at the well. If you knew who you were talking to, you'd come and ask. So uh, Jesus is here this afternoon. You can come and ask and receive what you have need of. Well, uh, we, we still got plenty of time. Let's, let's worship the Lord and just, uh, and just wait on him a little bit. <clears throat> Amen. Let's just sing uh, in that city where the Lamb is the light. There's a country far beyond the starry sky There's a city where there never comes enough If we're faithful we shall go there by and by It's the city where the land is the clouds and rain until we go to the city where the land is the light. In that city where the land is the light. That city where there cometh no night. Have a mansion over there and when free from toil and care, I am going where the land is the Over there, and when free from toll again, I am going 
said about we're pilgrims and strangers. And we we act different and look different and dress different because of where we come from and where we're going. Amen. Amen. It's good to be a Christian, isn't it? You're happy in the Lord? We'll just we'll just pray and then be dismissed. Let's just bow our heads. Lord God, we're so grateful for the word that we've heard today and for uh, the strength and encouragement that you've given unto us, Lord. And I pray, God, as as we leave from this place, Lord, that our hearts will echo and our, 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 our memories will burn. Lord, we will just remember the things that have been said today, Lord God. And that, Lord, you'll just you just go with us to our homes, Lord, and give us traveling mercies, Lord Jesus. Grant it, Lord, that you'll just be with Brother Wade and Sister June as they. Uh, as still up there and 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 as they return Lord God and just be with your saints everywhere Lord we ask Lord that you'll just bless brother Tim as he returns back home Lord and uh, thank you so much for your grace that you've given unto us today Lord bless us now we pray in your name you're dismissed let's sing it sing it as we go oh in that same where the land is the light oh that city where there cometh no night over there and went free from joy.